I think what I've learned is you can't be everybody's friend all of the time. As my husband would say, when you bow forward, your bum faces someone. <laughs> so tro- stop trying to please everybody all of the time, which was me. <laughs> now, Janet, don't you bullshit me now mm-hmm. to this question. Okay. okay. I don't want your nice answer. Okay. I want your honest. Okay. You, I know you'll give it to me. Okay. Here it is. Is this the most joyful time of your life? Is this... I'm not talking about today. I'm not talking about this podcast. No, 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 I'm no. I'm talking no. about this stage of life. Is this the most joyful stage? I actually think it is. I think I've come into a season now where it's like, finally... I'm able to be the real me. Oh, get out of it, though. Finally, I can be... Um, it's exciting to think how I can now plan to leave a legacy. How I can now... I have capacity to do things and I, I can do it. It's, it's, I get very excited every day. I get very excited. And I think I've learnt that... You know, if you are going to step out and, and dare I say, move into your destiny, whatever that may be, yeah. that there are times when you have to put boundaries around you yeah. and surround yourself with those people who, one, trust you, yeah. who know you, who believe in you, yeah. who don't judge you. Yeah. Um, and then those that are out there, it, you don't have to not like them. Yeah. I, I go, I let you go with love. Yeah, yeah. I can't have you here because I, I can't have that in my life right now. Yeah. Um, but I'm, if, 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 you know, up the track, if you need me, I, I'll always be here. But I take the hook out that yeah. you, I let you go. You're good. Um, and let you go with love. Yeah. Well, what is the meaning of life, What is it, Arnie? And maybe they never said it in these words, but non-verbally, the whole situation said, well, this is the meaning of life. You're experiencing it right now. Love people. Love each other. And don't give up on people. Well, dear folks, you found it. You found yet another episode of A Journey with Bernie. Two words you're going to hear throughout this podcast. I hope they stick around for a long, long time. I've actually got many different versions or definition of these two words. Shall I give them to you? Here they are. Dignified movement. Now, I know that's not what you were expecting, so I'll say them again. Dignified movement. And the reason why those two words are so important is because this morning, my beautiful guest, and I really do mean the word beautiful guest, I've known this lady for a long, long time. Now, without mentioning her name, I'm just looking at her at the moment. In the 70s? <laughs> I, got, I, I didn't get a verbal response. I just got a shake. <laughs> a shake of that. Yes, I am. <laughs> Jeanette Salmi, because the other day I called it Sami, but it is Salmi. Salmi. Yeah. Yes. In her 70s. But oh, if you want to meet someone who is a dignified mover <laughs> in her 70s and still living life fully then you're going to hear that in our guest today. I want to share with you where I first met Jeanette, and I'm not going to mention the school in um, uh, bowing to its honour. No need uh, to mention the school's name. 
and I and I'll get the title wrong. Well, uh, Jeanette will tell us right now. Were you the deputy of students, the dean of students, the deputy the, principal? I was the well, I was a deputy principal. <laughs> then I moved into the dean of students role. Well, that sounded like a demotion. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not at all. Absolutely not. It was at a all. promotion. It was a promotion. <laughs> I was I was actually the deputy of the middle school. Okay. And then the middle okay. school blended with the senior school, yeah. and I became the dean of students. Yeah. Yeah. As they they let the deputy role disappear and yeah was good during that role we met many many times because you you seeked to engage me um, let's just say with the leadership training although we could probably look upon that in many different ways the self esteem enhancement. Uh, how to teach the kids to see more value in themselves. They were good days, weren't they? Great days. Very good days. And the reason why I, I value them is because Jeanette was one of the few who actually understood what our work was all about. And in fact, if I may say so, the, the loveliness of Jeanette was that she actually seeked not to have the answers but to, to learn from our vast experiences of many, many schools. Yeah. And so I always marveled at how our very lengthy conversations would often result in a slightly remodified program or a reshaped program or a new idea here that she could bring to the students. She had a, a beautiful thirst for understanding what leadership could look like in schools. Can I take you back there, Jeanette, because I'm going to mention what our definition of leadership in schools was and for me still is. Huh? Remember, leadership is any action that makes the world I touch a different place, a better place, a yeah. different and better place. You know, does that resonate with you? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Nobody likes hierarchy. Well, well most that's people. interesting. I yeah. some people do. Yeah, uh, of course they do. But Except they're the ones in the hierarchy. They're in the yeah. <laughs> it's 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 rather than it's it's about all of us are put in life for a purpose. And all of us influence somebody Beautiful. or something or some of yeah. anything. Yeah. We're all influencers in whatever we're meant to be. And you should never um you should never what's the word I'm looking for? Let's say some people are given great opportunity to make massive difference in the world. Yeah. But others it's just the little things yeah. in the day-to-day -day life that are equally as important. Never, ever, ever look down at or or or, or de dilute. Well, dilute's a good yeah. word that dilute what people do because yeah. everything we do is yeah. important. Yeah. And not all of us are meant to be up there and the big, you know, influences up there because yeah. we're not wired to do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we need that wiring in all the little places. And yeah. so just be the best version of you. Yeah. But be a leader. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> let, let, let's play imagination for a while. Eight mm. billion people upon the planet, you know, and I know mm. some of them are our, are our beautiful children, et cetera, and not ready for this conversation. But let's just say of the adult world out there, just imagine if every single adult, regardless of their capacity to influence large numbers but at the least, every single adult out there was driven by the thought of how can I add value to my neighbour, mm. to my wife, to my partner, to my family, to the people with whom I meet on a daily basis. Just imagine if all of those micro-influential behaviours were in action upon planet Earth. Well, you don't have to have too much imagination to realise that the world would be a much more peaceful, quiet, calm, better, loving mm. place. Mm. No? Mm. What is your intention every day at the moment? In your mid-70s, in your retirement years, Janet, what is your intention? To leave a legacy. Still? I want Why to leave a legacy. Why aren't you retired and no. sailing the world and... No, boring. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, I to me, you know, you have eternity to be retired. Wow, okay. So why There's a belief. Not, There's a belief. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're retired for eternity. So yeah. why not use years and years of experience yeah. 
to still make a difference? Why do we retire when we've worked all our life to get the maturity that we have, the life experience that we've had, and then we put it on the shelf? Yeah. No, that's when they need us the most. Yeah. That's when we can really make a difference. Take take what we know and try and, yeah, educate others. Yeah. And make a difference. But you must therefore look upon our society, which tends then to house our elderly in such a way that they're in a way removed from the day-to-day capacity to influence. Mm-hmm. Um, we put them in homes. Mm-hmm. Um, more and more our, our young and our current uh, generation seems to be so distracted that the time for the elderly and therefore the time for their stories, the time for their influence seems to be diluting. Would you agree with that? Is that something that you see? I would totally agree with that. I would totally, totally agree with that. So I looked after my elderly aunt and uncle for eight years. So three of those years they were still living in Sydney. What time frame in your life was that? So um, probably from when I was about in my late 60s. Wow, okay. Um. And when no, you say early, you looked after early, them? Early 60s, I should say. Early, so through my 60s. So when you say you looked after them, what does that mean? Okay, so in Sydney they were living in their own home. Yeah. But they had um, – my uncle had had a stint in hospital and they needed care, so we organised a provider. Um, I used to fly down as often as I could to make sure that they were still managing but they had the care that they needed until we got to the point where – the provider was actually suggesting to us that they either need to go into a home or whatever. Yeah. So I chatted with hubby and he said, if you would like them up here, we'll do what we can to do it. Why not the home? Why did you what, – what was going on with inside of you that said, no, I don't want them in a home. I'm prepared to take them on up here. So when Uncle Jeff um, – Uncle Jeff was my uncle. Yeah. So and who's Auntie? And Auntie Meg was yeah, my aunt. lovely name. And um, Uncle Jeff had to go into respite for a month after a big stint in hospital and et cetera, et cetera. And I actually said to them, could I put my aunt in with him because she was actually fretting for him. Yeah. So we found a very beautiful facility. I will not criticise them. They were lovely. Um the buildings were lovely, everything in there, the staff were lovely. So I'm not criticising that. Sure. However, I think having the month there when I went down to visit, um, it was, how do I say it? They were chronically understaffed. Yeah. It was nobody's fault. It was just the way it is. They were, uh, it was depressing. In what way? It was depressing because people were not having the fun conversations yeah. and not, and you were just caught up in the day-to-day of what it was like. When you went down to get your meal, it was like you'd look around the room and there was no… Colour. No colour and, and… Energy. No energy. It was yeah. like, oh, where do we go from here? This is yeah. awful. And people thinking that they were going back home but they weren't. Yeah. Um. People who they were just at the end of their life, and that's how they behaved. And they were allowed to drift in that mode. Yeah, yeah. and it was just, you know, it wasn't. Not, and it wasn't them. Yeah, I couldn't do that to them. Yeah, I just couldn't yeah. do that to them. So we put a little extension on our on our back veranda, and we turned it into <laughs> a unit. And they came and stayed with us. We had them. Well, we had Aunty Meg for five years. We had Uncle Jeff for. Um, two, just over two years okay. with us. Wow, yeah. wow, wow. But just go back to the home because I've got in the back of my mind, were you seeing staff that were just doing tasks without being driven by the higher caring, loving purpose or is that an unfair observation? Probably a little bit unfair in that they were given tasks to do in yeah. a very, very, very short time frame. Yeah, and under-resourced and you, too. You yeah. cannot provide. Yeah. Can I give you an example? Please. One night I was there, 
was a Saturday night and, it, you know, Auntie Meg and Uncle Jeff needed to go to bed. It was probably around 9.30ish. Yeah. I can't remember to be yeah. exact. So Were let's, they in the same room? No. No, separate rooms. Separate yeah. rooms. Yeah. Two floors apart. It was crazy. That's another story. Yeah. But this particular evening I had to press the buzzer to get out to go home and I waited half an hour yeah. for somebody to let me out. Yeah. The lady that came was a little bit flustered, delightful, apologised profusely. Someone had a fall. She was the only one on duty for the night. Yeah. And, you know, she had to do what she had to do. Yeah. And I'm thinking, but what if my aunt and uncle had a fall at the same time? Yeah. Or what if they needed you? Yeah. And that bothered me. Yeah, sure. Sure, sure, sure. And it bothered me that somebody had that level of responsibility. Yeah. For a couple of levels of rooms. Yeah. On their own. Yeah. And that's the norm rather than the sure. the abnormal. Yeah. That's And you correct me if I'm wrong, but if I'm hearing rightly today, a lot of these facilities that you're referring to are, are still grossly understaffed. Mm. Um, and uh, I, I would suspect that similar stories mm. might still be happening or arising mm. um, today. And can I say that that's exactly right, but can I say that a lot of the people in those facilities are awesome. Yeah. Simply awesome and yeah. frustrated. Yeah. Because it, it is just the way it is. It's yeah. the circumstance of life. It's, it's how do you keep your fees down but yeah. pay staff good money. Yeah. You can't. Yeah. How do you – like it's it's a catch-22. Yeah. So it's not about putting people down. It's about saying how do we make this system better? Yeah. Or how do we do things differently? Yeah. So one of my experiences was um, when I lost my uncle. Jeff. Uncle Jeff yeah. passed away in 2017. Yeah. And I was told by the doctors that we wouldn't have my aunt by Christmas yeah. or if we did, we'd lose her just after Christmas. Yeah. That would have been Christmas 2017. Yeah. We lost her in February 2020. Yeah. <laughs> and they said it was because of the level of care that she received yeah. in the at home yeah. and having the comfort of family around her yeah. and having the engagement of family. Yeah. So we called ourselves an intergenerational home. So uh-huh. here I was, uh, older, hubby in his 70s, I in my 60s at that stage. We had our children in their 40s and 30s. Yeah. We had our grandchildren who were teenagers and everything down. And we were always having family. And Meg and Jeff were what, 70s and 80s? And they were in their 80s and 90s. <laughs> wow. So Aunty Meg was 89 <sighs> when she came up. Yeah. Um, to live with us. So we had them through those years, yeah. yes. So yeah. it was it was phenomenal. Yeah. Talk to us about the 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 experience of looking after them. And do you mind personalizing it to to what were the benefits to you? Like what did you learn about Jeanette? Um, what what did your what did your children learn as a result of this intergenerational experience going on at your home? Like how did it empower you? How has it shifted you? There's so okay. many questions there. Uh, there are a lot of questions there. I I'll be very honest with you. Yeah. The day before they arrived, yeah. I sat on my back veranda and I've gone to myself. Oh my gosh! I hope I've done the right thing. Mm. I'm. I hope I can cope with this. I hope I can manage this. I hope I do justice to them. Like yeah. I was a little bit frightened. Mm. In have I overcommitted myself or whatever? Um, only to find out the joy, and um, just the experience of listening to their stories and watching the smiles on their faces, and then watching the lessons they taught. Our extended family, our our kids, our yeah. grandkids, um, yeah, it was just it was wonderful. Yeah. Did we have challenging times? Absolutely, yeah. we did. Yeah. We absolutely did. Um, Auntie Meg had had dementia, yeah. and there were times where it was a little bit frustrating because she couldn't remember that she couldn't get out of bed sometimes, or there were things that. You know, she wanted to do that yeah. she couldn't do anymore, but we got we got through that. Yeah. Um, and 
I, I look. I look back at it as probably some of the most privileged years of my life. Yeah. Wow. And I think my kids learned. Yeah. Oh gosh, we look after one another. Yeah. Yeah. You don't dump on people. You don't. I had people say to me, "You've put your life on hold," and I'd go. <laughs> I don't think I've put my whole life on hold. I think I'm going through a season. What does that mean? Well, a season. A season is, you know, I had a season where I had babies. I had a season where I was a teacher. Okay. I had a season where I was, I don't know, doing what I'm doing now. Everything goes in seasons. And okay. I had a season where I had my aunt and uncle living with me. Uh, I, I suppose a Bernie one might be a chapter. A chapter. A chapter or a season. A season, okay, a chapter, okay. same thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You, you, you used a word before. You, you said you didn't use the verb I'm about to use. You didn't say it ignited joy, but you did make a reference that the whole experience, it gave you a joy as if – this degree of joy was something different than than where you were previously. I, I I think this is a bit tough. Can you drill down on on what that joy looks like? Um, what were you doing on a day to day basis that ignited joy? Get down to the practicality, the actual behaviours that you were doing that gave you the state of joy. Okay, so I adored my aunt and uncle and always had from a little girl. Yeah. And to bring them up and see them so um, comfortable in having a home away from home. Yeah. And being able to still feel like their their home was there with us yeah. but not in our home. So we set it up in a way where I would always knock at the door and yeah. they could offer us a cup of tea and they could, you know, they were in charge but at the same time we the, were in charge but we 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 left that dignity intact. Yeah. It was listening to their stories on a totally different level yeah. because here I was um that we we had time. That's right. It wasn't we were on holidays and we were running around doing this or this or this. And I was older and they were able to share things with me that I'd never heard before. That they may not have been able to share with you when you were when a little you were, girl. When you were yeah, younger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to appreciate the the level of comfort that you provide yeah. was awesome. Yeah. And to then watch how their, their being there rippled off to the rest of the family, wow. what my own children learnt, yeah. what my grandchildren learnt, yeah. listening to the stories, mm. watching them. Mm. I actually, um, actually yesterday, here's a story, I received a text message from one of my grandsons and yeah. he said, Graham, I've been listening to this song for a few years now. Yeah. And it reminds me of you and Auntie Meg. <laughs> Would you listen to it, please? Uh -huh. And it was about somebody who became the parent to their parent wow. because the parent had dementia yeah. and they were becoming the parent, which really it's role reversal and that happened to me. Wow. I became the parent to my aunt mm. um, and trying to leave their dignity intact mm. But he has taken that yeah. as a young man yeah. and it affected him in such a beautiful way that he'll take that into the future with his life. How old is your grandson? He is now 19. 19 and mm. he's seeing that? He's seeing that. Well, you got to I, – I, th this may be, you know, way out there. But if he's seeing that at 19, you start to wonder what type of partner he'll be. Mm. Uh-huh. Exactly. Because he, he ain't going to lose that perspective of of human possibility as he gets older. You'd have mm. to think that it's beautifully seeded mm. and that he's going to water that. Yeah, like absolutely. There, there, is, there is love manifested. Mm. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. So I remember when my uncle said to me one day, I don't feel I have value anymore. 
I've gone, how can you say that? Uncle Jeff? Uncle Jeff thought he hadn't, had lost his value. And? And I said, look at the ripple effect your stories are having on our family. Yeah. Even my own husband who is from Finland. Wow. And he said to me, you know, I love having them here. Wow. He said, I, I, I was in agreement to bring them up because I knew how important it was to me. Yeah. But he, I don't think even he realised the depth that was going to bring to his life. What depth did it bring to well, he his felt, life? Well, he felt like he loved them. Yeah. But he felt loved in return. And we would often... Um, when I got home from work, we would go in and have cocktail hour, which would be a cup of tea or sometimes it would be a little glass of sherry or whatever with my aunt. And um, that little hour in the day became a ritual. Wow. And the talks that went on through that time were just yeah. delightful. They God, were treasured moments. God, you're teaching me. <laughs> hey, you're teaching me. Treasured moments, yeah. <laughs> and we all should have that. Why? One of the one of the things I try to get across to people when I do um, when I'm working with people, and I I show photos of Aunty Meg and Uncle Jeff. Yeah. And I show photos of when they were married. Yeah. To just before Uncle Jeff's death. Yeah. And I make the point of why do we treat people differently? when they're young and vibrant and out there making a difference, yeah. to when they become elderly and not able to do the things they used to do. Yeah. And we look at them like people that, well, you're just a has-been. And disregard for the wonderful things they've done all their life. Yeah. And they deserve yeah. to have dignity yeah. in their elderly years. I, I – uh... Oh, by the way, folks, I've got a tear floating down. That's okay um, because I'm seeing, you know, so much here. I'm also seeing, Jeanette, that you, your hubby, um, your children and those that were connected with that situation mm. also saw two people who having gone through the journey of life, still experiencing it, of course, are reaching that beautiful stage where you can actually ask them, and maybe you did, this would be an interesting question, well, what is the meaning of life, Uncle Jeff? What is it, Auntie Meg? You know? And maybe they never said it in these words, but non-verbally the whole situation said, well, this is the meaning of life. You're experiencing it right now. Love people. Love each other. And don't give up on people. Bernie goes, love is all there is. The rest mm -hmm. is window dressing. Mm -hmm. um, you, you mentioned before that your, your lovely husband loved having them. So here's an interesting question, maybe a slightly vulnerable one. Mm. Take, a, take a breath. Uh, here we go. How did having... Uncle Jeff and Auntie Meg in your household, how did it impact positively your marriage? I think it taught us or it, it enriched it. That's all I can say, it enriched it. No, you, what does enrichment look like? It, I want more. Okay, so <laughs> we did, like he would come in and we'd, as I said, we'd do cocktail hour or we'd have, we'd laugh and joke over a television show, but we'd enjoy it as a family together. Yeah. And I think my hubby, um, he didn't grow up with Aunty Meg and Uncle Jeff, of course, so he got to hear the stories and... Um, yeah. He learned a lot more about our family yeah. and um, wow. and the life that we led, and he was able to share his stories, and they were fascinated. They loved wow. listening to his stories because my husband's from Finland, yeah, and so he's got his what he went through as a child and how what he grew up with, and and he had a challenging youth, yeah. particularly his teenage years were very, very challenging, yeah. but it gave him strength yeah. and it was lovely that they listened and they understood him yeah. where a lot didn't. Wow. They und and he really appreciated that. Is there a possibility that you heard stories from your husband that you may not have heard 
um, as a result of uh, the, the the beautiful service that you were giving to your auntie and uncle? Mm, I probably didn't hear any. No, I, I, I knew, knew, I knew the stories. So there was nothing new there, but I watched him soften. Wow. Still, whoa, 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 whoa. Mm. I watched him soften. Darling, that's just gorgeous. Yeah, it was good. It was, it was, it was really lovely. And and I think too, what I appreciated um, was when he said to me, "I'm doing this for you," because he knew it was important to me. Yeah. So there was there there were just added levels to things that he had opportunity to show how much he cared for me, and he showed it in that those sorts of ways. What a beautiful gift. Yeah. 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 Now, your hubby's is he in good health now? Um certainly not the health he used to be in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And you know, in a funny way, does this give you an opportunity to do an an Uncle Jeff and Auntie Meg again? <laughs> I've already told him I've saved his life. <laughs> How? What do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? Well, you know he went on the cancer journey. No, sorry. You tell us. Well, you, I do know, but our listeners don't know. That. Okay. So shall we go back? Go play. Yeah, go. Okay. So I retired out of education. Yeah. And um, thank goodness I did. I did that in 2016. And yeah. in 2017, my husband was diagnosed with lung cancer. Yeah. And we lost my uncle. So it was a big year. It was a big year. And we went, we were determined to stay very positive. We were determined to do everything we could to keep him healthy. So Who's we? Me and my husband. Yeah. Um, So, you know, I made sure that we had very healthy food, that the diet that we were on was conducive with getting him healthy, um, giving him the right – you know, the right water. We bought an alkaline water system, for yeah. instance. Just everything we could, we just focused on health. And For your husband. For my husband. Yeah. Um, and that was how many years ago now? 2017 to Six, now? Yeah. Six, Six years seven. ago, he's now been given the all clear of cancer. Wow. However, through the radiation and all of that, he's – he, one of his lungs is not so good. Yeah. His breathing's not good. He certainly slowed down. Yeah. He struggles, but he's still with us. At 78, yeah. he's still with us. You're so, not there suggesting mm. that you have a firsthand experience whereby even in the latter stages of life, a change of diet to, to unprocessed foods. Absolutely can actually change and shift the even the possibility of the cancerous state of the body. Absolutely. Can you elaborate a bit more on that? Tell us what you know. Well, we just I just read everything I could about eating everything healthy, don't nothing processed. Yeah. So basic I bought myself a Thermomix. Uh-huh. And I've just got the new one by the way. Um, and so we'd make everything from scratch. You yeah. could make your own tomato sauce. You could make your own mustard. You could make everything from scratch. So yeah. all I bought, I'd go to the Sunday markets, the farmer's yeah. markets, we'd buy everything from there and then whatever else I got, I got as naturally as I could. Yeah. And that's all that was in the cupboards mm. and that's what we ate. Wow. And, um, you know, it worked. Plus keeping your mind very positive. You kept your husband's mind pro- absolutely. positive as well? I absolutely respect yeah. the way he handled it. Yeah. Um, when he was in pain or whatever, he'd say, oh, I'm just going to have a snooze. Yeah. And he'd lie down. He still does that today and I'm very yeah. mindful of that. But he was never a whinger. We always stayed focused on when you will. Yeah. We didn't entertain the thought of this is the end. We didn't go there. If, if we thought it, it yeah. never came out of our mouth. Yeah. We controlled how we – how we had our thinking, how we – everything that we did, we remained as positive as we could. My aunt, aunt and uncle to this day – well, of course, they're not with us anymore, but never knew. Mm. We kept it from them. We figured they didn't need that burden mm. at their stage in life, mm. so we never told them. Mm. And a couple of times I know my hubby popped a little cap on his head. 
<laughs> and he'd just go in and say, oh, I'm freezing tonight. It's cold, isn't it? Yeah. Just keeping my ears warm. Yeah. They believed it, which was good. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't yeah. know. They didn't deserve oh, to know. right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So they, the cap on the head was to, to, to hide and disguise the, hair, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the, loss, of, uh, the yeah. loss of hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the change in the hair. Yeah. You've, um, you've been through a bit. Yeah. <laughs> life's, life's throwing its challenges, but through that comes good. What good? Now, out, out, of the, out of the whole journey of looking after Uncle Jeff and Auntie Meg and even now your husband, what's the big learnings, what's the big outcomes for you? I got a little bit passionate about aged care. Yeah. Um, and certainly disability. Yeah. And what I saw through those years, we had um, we had the most amazing um, carers come into our home. I had some beautiful people come into my home, and I will be eternally grateful to them. Is that through the ACAT system? Um, no, they no. were self funded. Okay, wow. They were self funded. So, yeah. Uh, Auntie Meg's funding, okay. ACAT funding, came through the day she died. <laughs> It came through the day she died. That's a whole other story. Okay. That's fine. They were self-funded and, yes, I spent every last cent of their money on them yeah. plus some. Yeah. Um, I think people don't um, understand that side of it. Yeah. I think what I learned through that, because even though I had amazing carers, there were some that weren't so amazing. I had experiences. I don't want to focus on those. Sure. Um, but certainly I learned a lot. Yeah. And I got incredibly passionate about seeing my aunt's dignity disappear and how do you look after somebody who's lost their dignity but you serve them in a dignified way because I look at me and think I don't want that for me when I'm older. It's awful when you can't do the things you used to do. Yeah. You know, um, it's awful when you can't use the bathroom or shower yeah. yourself and you need support. Yeah. That's – none of us want to go there. Sure. But, you know, if you live a long life, potentially that is where you will end up. How do you want to be treated? Mm. How do you want that to look? Mm. How do you want – how do you want the best care mm. possible? Mm. How can you stay home? Mm. I don't want to go into a home. Mm. I'd love to be home. I want to be independent till the day I die. I just want to go to sleep and not wake up. Mm. I don't know if that's going to happen or not. Sure. Um, When your number's up, your number's up. I so believe that. But I believe that everybody has the right to make the choice of how they live the end of their life. Yeah. Um, I know for a fact a lot of people – Um, and I'm going to be a little bit out there, but it makes me very cross that there are people out there that they're more worried about their inheritance than they are caring for a loved one Mm -hmm. or can't spend that money because you're spending the inheritance. An inheritance is an inheritance until they're gone. Do you see that a lot? I see it a lot. Yeah, yeah. Sadly. Yeah. I do see it a lot, and it makes me very, very Mm. passionate about what I now do. Have you read Tuesdays with Maury? Yes, I have. Yeah. <laughs> I absolutely have. Many years ago, I'd forgotten about that book, yeah. Yeah, oh, I tell you what. You, yeah. You'd, you'd, I just reread it for the third time and looking you in the eyes right now, mm. I actually got more out of it the third time than the first two. It's all about where you are in your life. Mm. Um, When you read a book, it's all about where you are in your life because you see it all differently. Mm. And, in fact, I even went one step further and then found Maury's interviews – Okay. With the with the guy who put his story onto national American television. I mean, it might have been one of the first reality TV documentaries um, because I've forgotten the guy's name, but he was like the David Letterman of the time. Mm. And he went into Maury's home and interviewed him three times, Mm. getting closer and closer. I think the last interview was two weeks before Maury died Mm. and Maury has got that terrible Lou Gehrig's Mm. disease Mm. and can hardly speak in the third interview. Mm. But it was just gripping, gripping education. Yeah. And then, of course, Mitch Ablom. 
Yeah, Ablon, yeah. The student got the whole story and turned it into the magnificent book. So, so relevant to what we're we're mm, talking about. Mm, mm. We still haven't come to what you're doing today. Just mm. hold on to hold on just for a fraction okay. longer. Here we go. <laughs> Um, my last, not my last question, but relevant to where we're at in the discussion, is what have you learned about your own capacity to love? How has your capacity, your own personal capacity to love, has it grown? How has it grown? How is it different? To like when I met you at school those years ago, 15 years ago, you had a lovely capacity. I don't think you would have ever have considered as first preference the expulsion of a child. Never. And yet there would have been some around you who might have been calling for it, but you would have looked and sought for. The, the remaining goodness in that child and what could you do to milk it and enhance it rather than go the other way. That was always your capacity to, to love. But I can't believe for a moment, given all the experiences that you've been telling us over the last 15 years, that it hasn't shifted. Has it shifted? Um, look, having had the experience at school... And then caring for my elderly aunt and uncle. And I have, and, and my own children, I have four beautiful, beautiful children. Yeah. And now they're partners. And grandchildren. And I have nine amazing oh, get grandchildren. Out of it. I do. Nine. And I, and you know what? There's not one of those grandkids I love any more or any less than each of them. And you think, how can you love or put more love into your family? But your capacity just grows. Yeah. Like the more you've got to give love, the more there is to give. Yeah. It's just one of those things that – like I look at our little one-year-old grandson and I look at my 23-year-old grandson yeah. and I feel the same. Yeah. It's not – I'm just as excited for the younger one yeah. as I am for the older one. Yeah. Um, my own children, I sometimes look at them and I go, how did you all come out of the same womb? <laughs> because they are all so different. But I just love each of them for who they are yeah. and where they're at yeah. and their partners. Yeah. You know, um, I, I adore their partners. Yeah. Um, and that's just it, you just keep growing. And everybody that comes into your life that needs you, you yeah. just grow. How do you see people these days? How do you see like is your capacity to love people growing? I'm, you spoke then a lot about family and partners and those that are your treasured ones that are close to you. What about people? I love looking at people and going, who are you really? Yeah. Who are you really? What makes you tick? Yeah. Um, and, you know, people have different challenges in life. They yeah. have different experiences in life. Yeah. That makes them tick in different ways, yeah. and how do you? How can you help those people grow into their capacity? And yeah. how do you? Yeah, that's what I look at. I'm not. I don't. I don't look at wealth or money. Mm. To me, money's a resource, and you need it. Mm. In fact, the more money you've got, the more difference you can make in life. Yeah, it's only greedy if it goes in your own pocket. Yeah, but if it's out there making a difference, it's wonderful. That's a wow. That's that's and that's what I look at. Yeah. How can I? How can we? Yeah. How can they? And then look at people and how can I help that person? And how? Yeah. Who do I know? Yeah, just how we reconnected. Sure. Because I had a conversation with somebody. Yeah. And you came to mind. Yeah. And then we've connected after all these years. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. 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 Yes. Do you have a capacity now to even understand and appreciate without judgment the unruly? When I use the word unruly, I'm, to, I'm, I'm, I'm putting – sometimes you come across a person who 
portrays an ugly behaviour um, or they're so sad and angry and aggro and they cast it upon you, maybe not even with um, intent but just who they are, unruly is they can be gruff, they can be nasty. Do you have a capacity now to understand them better than what you've done before? What do you like with <clears throat> that part of humanity? It's interesting. Um, I think I've learned in life that people can take advantage of you yeah. in not so nice ways yeah. and people can let you down. Yeah. Um, people can make judgment on you in lots of different ways. Yeah. I think what I've learned is you can't be everybody's friend all of the time. As my husband would say, when you bow forward, your bum faces someone. <laughs> so tro stop trying to please everybody all of the time, which was me. <laughs> Um, you, you take a, thank you, Habib. You've just given us the line of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think I've learnt that, you know, if you are going to step out and, and dare I say move into your destiny, whatever that may be, yeah. that there are times when you have to put boundaries around you yeah. and surround yourself with those people who, one, trust you, yeah. who know you, who believe in you, yeah. who don't judge you. Yeah. Um, and then those that are out there, it, you don't have to not like them. Yeah. I, I go, I let you go with love. Yeah. yeah. I can't have you here because I, I can't have that in my life right now. Yeah. Um, but I'm if, 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 you know, up the track, if you need me, I'll, I'll always be here. But I take the hook out that yeah. you – I let you go. You're good. Um, and let you go with love. Yeah. And I've had to do that with yeah. a few people, which yeah. was hard. Yeah. But, yeah, I've learnt the hard way. Sure. That that's what you have yeah. to do sometimes. But you still let them go with love. You let them go with love. Because you can give it. Yeah. Yeah. And then that way you don't feel anger. Yeah. There's no animosity. Yeah. You can think of nice times and whatever, yeah. but you just let them go with love. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Janet, don't you bullshit me now mm -hmm. to this question. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't want your nice answer. Okay. I want your honest. Deep. Okay. I know you'll give it to me. Okay. Here it is. Is this the most joyful time of your life? Is this – I'm not talking about today. I'm not talking about this podcast. No, 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 I'm no. I'm talking no. about this stage of life. Is this the most joyful stage? I actually think it is. I think I've come into a season now where it's like finally I'm able to be the real me. Oh, get out of it, darling. Finally I can be um, – it's exciting to think how – I can now plan to leave a legacy. Wow. How I can now – I have capacity to do things and I, I can do it. It's, it's – I get very excited every day. I get very excited. But surely your legacy is just to enjoy retirement now. You've, you've been through enough. No. Listeners, we've, no. <laughs> we've heard the story no. of the last 15 no, years. No, no, no. Come on, you're in your mid-70s. Slow down. I've got to take all of that now. And do what? And do what I'm doing now. Dignified movement. movement. A lighthouse for change. What is it? <laughs> so because of all those experiences, yeah. I got a little bit, just a little bit passionate about the aged care and disability sector. Yeah. And I started um, a company called Dignified Home Care. Yeah. Which morphed into the Dignified Movement. Yeah. The Dignified Movement is actually a movement that I'm hoping will, we can work with other providers and other people in the industry who have a heart like we have yeah. and then lift an industry, yeah. help lift an industry. The rising tide lifts all boats. Yeah. We want to be 
the lighthouse and yeah. the rising tide that lifts all boats. So we have dignified home care, dignified disability care, yeah. dignified aged care, yeah. dignified education is about to be launched, yeah. um, dignified contracting services, yeah. um, and the list goes on. I am hoping to build this business to leave the world as a legacy. I'm not leaving it to anybody. The people that are working with me, I'm hoping we're training to take it into the future. How many people? Um, at the moment, I've got about seven in our office. Yeah. And about… Full-time employees? They're full-time employees. <sighs> and then outside, we've got um, part-time, full-time and casual workers How in the many? field around 66. So let me understand this. After the last 15 years that our listeners have been enjoying your story, mm. you in your mid-70s. <laughs> <laughs> early 70s, got, early 70s. Don't age me too quickly. <laughs> have got, have got seven full-time employees mm -hmm. in a new business mm -hmm. and around about 70 contractors. Mm -hmm. And the part that I heard is aged care, the industry you called it, it's not just aged care, I heard disability aged care. And you want to lift their eyes to a new level of care for such beautiful people um, that leaves a global legacy. Mm. Yeah. Why will the industry, as you call it, why will they listen to you? Well, they won't yet because I'm not out there yet. Yeah. Um, I have to master it first. Yeah. Um, I have to master the field. I have to master it one step at a time. But I'm hoping that within, a, you know, within the next few years people will know Dignified. They will know what we represent. They will know... Um, the standard that we, we set. Yeah. There are amazing people out there in this industry who yeah. are equally as frustrated yeah. as I was yeah. and I am connecting with them. Mm. And we will work together. None of us can do it alone. Yeah. It doesn't happen that way. You will facilitate that. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I will do whatever it takes to get this off the ground. But this time with discernment. Uh, absolute discernment. Yeah. I've grown that muscle hugely. Elaborate. Um. Well, I think people, as I've said before, take advantage of you. Yeah. Um, and I learnt that the hard way. Yeah. But we've come out the other side. Yeah. And I can look back now and go, thank you. I'm grateful. Yeah. Because the lessons I learnt through all of that will stand me in good stead. Um, and I also want, I also want to leave a huge um, legacy in. I want to build two hospices. Yeah. And I want to leave that as a legacy as well. So my yeah. aunt was in a hospice for the last um, few weeks of her life. Yeah. And they were amazing. Yeah. And they said to me, Jeanette, you have to build a hospice. I went, yeah. I can do that. Yeah. I can do that. Yeah. So I will. Mm. So we're, we're, we've started the, the very base of investigating how to get that off the ground. You, you, you mentioned about some people letting you down and only because I'm privileged to know the story and let's not, we won't dig into the story of course, mm. but at some stage you would suggest that people let you down to the tune of a quarter of a million dollars, yeah, $200,000. Yeah. So let's come to grips with that listeners. Um, early seventies. Mm -hmm. So here's a woman who's started a business in her early 70s has been let down by by those who she thought were collaborators and she has many collaborators but a couple of them to the tune of a quarter of a million dollars and yet it hasn't stopped her from proceeding. In fact, if you were here in this office where I am at the moment and had met her over the last few days, you would just realise that it's not possible for her to be, to be stopped. You're in business. Mm-hmm. So what does business actually look like today when you say you actually got some business going on? It's mm -hmm. not as if you're, you've only just started yesterday. No. So give us an example of what business looks like today. Today, okay, so we've got about, uh, you know, quite a, a lot of clients yeah. that we 
service in their own homes, yeah. disability and aged care. Yeah. We have programs that are – we don't make any money out of them. It's purely um, to get clients to come together, to build relationships. We have – um, a monthly program yeah. where they can go out into the world, like that. I think some of them are at the RSL as we speak, having yeah, lunch. Yeah. Um, on on Thursdays we have what we call our kitchen rules, yeah. where they're learning how to how to look at a menu, um, read a menu, go and buy the ingredients, bring them back, cook it, yeah. serve it, how to set the table, all that sort of yeah. thing. We we all put in our ten dollars and and we enjoy a lunch and they yeah. enjoy giving it to us, which Do you is go along lovely. With them? Yeah, that's just downstairs. We've got a downstairs <laughs> office. We've got it set out. We need we do need new premises somewhere okay. where we can we spread out a little bit. Um, but that will happen in time. Yeah. Um, but I think um, to be able to offer that to them is wonderful. The yeah. other thing we do that we love doing is every fortnight we have a sausage sizzle in the park yeah. and we invite other providers to bring their clients along. This yeah. is not about – it's not about client raising. It's about friendship building. Yeah. And what I love about it too is that uh, uh, some of our clients, you know, people get sick mm. and they go, oh, I don't want anybody else and we're able to say, but you know, you know, little Timmy in the, in the uh, uh, down at the sausage sizzle, he'd love to come and help you for the day. Yeah. Oh, I know him, yes. Yeah. And so they're building friendships with other carers as well yeah. or support workers as we yeah. like to call them. Um that, you know, it's just building that base and yeah. giving people confidence. Yeah. And, yeah. And it also helps our staff yeah. stay within professional yeah. boundaries. Yeah. They can talk with each other. Yeah. But the friendships are built between the clients. It must also grow your staff. You're talking about Absolutely. your staff interacting with your clients, Absolutely. experiencing your clients, learning Absolutely. from the clients, through the clients, you know. And we are nowhere near where we want to be. Yeah. But we're get getting that. there, one yeah, step yeah, at a time, yeah, one yeah. step at a time. What could – you, could you identify three of your values that you know are in action for you that differentiate you from the industry? Now, we're not trying to pin the industry no, here. Not what at all. we're trying to do here is, is understand your points of differentiation because you have seen that there needs to be more. So what are two or three values that actually describe that more? We have an expression in the office, open, honest, transparent. Yeah. Open, honest and transparent. Give me the ugly truth and we'll deal with it. Yeah. Tell me what your problem is, we'll deal with it. Yeah. If you've got a problem out there in the field, come in, we'll coach you through it. Yeah. Just, I don't care if people make mistakes, but I do care what they do with the mistake. Yeah. So let's work with you to yeah. grow. Let's take this to a higher level. Let's grow your capacity. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you lead that honesty and openness with your clients? Is that what you're trying to, 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 to also advocate, that in, in, in you leading that to them, it invites them to be Absolutely. honest and open and transparent Absolutely. with you? Absolutely. Yeah. And I know that you were here earlier and you yeah. saw some of our clients come into the office. Yeah. And they do. They yeah. come in and they'll go out. They love it. They'll they just, come in and have a coffee. And they just took over the place. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but aren't they wonderful? Beautiful. They're absolutely wonderful. Beautiful. And the excitement that you get from some of them, it's just they, they, they only pop in and it's wonderful. Love well, it. What I also noticed was that your staff didn't see them as an interruption. No. Your staff were also... Um, it was like the people-centricness of the moment meant that the staff had to respond and, and willingly wanted to respond to the client walking in. Absolutely. As opposed to, oh, my God, he's here today. He's interrupted yep. my work. No, no, you know? they yeah, don't have yeah, that yeah, at yeah, all. Yeah. Now, excuse me, I asked for three value, three value differentiation. That's mm. one. I've got that. By the way, I call it hot communication. Okay. Honest, open, open transparent, transparent. H-O-T. Okay, yeah, yeah. 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 What another – two values that differentiate you from what happens in the industry. I could go to the industry and say what are their values and they would tell me what their values are and they might be similar to yours but the reality is they sometimes give their glorified version of themselves. Mm, mm. Right? I think another one is communication Yeah. and connection. Yeah. Communication and connection. 
across the board. Yeah. How do we communicate with one another? I work in staff meetings with the staff to talk about how do we talk to one another? Yeah. How do we understand the differences and how does your conversation change with different thinkings? Yeah. How do we how do we allow the staff to be honest? Yeah. And you do that through that communication and the type of connection that you have yeah. so they feel safe. Yeah. You don't want people thinking they're going to get the sack because sure, I yeah. made a mistake or, you know, yeah. that's not what we want. Yeah. We grow them. We grow yeah. their capacity. So it's about growth. Yeah. It's about that really strong connection and grow and, and um, communication. That's yeah. huge. Yeah. Um, honesty is, of course, my biggest one. I just really like it when people can be open and honest. Yeah. Um, and then I guess it's learning – I'm going to use the word dignity purely because that's – I watched my aunt's dignity disappear. Yeah. And that was so important to her. Yeah. And I watched it in a proud woman, and I don't mean a proud I'm better than anybody else. It was that – you know, self-respect type thing and making sure that we are dignified in absolutely everything that we do, mm. in our communication, in how you handle people, in the respect you give people. Mm. That, that for me, I, I know I can't trademark the word, word dignified mm. but I don't care mm. because I want that as a central. As a central for the, everything that we do. Mm. And we, we have an expression in the office is, but what's the dignified way? Mm. <laughs> Interesting. And we'll have a, oh, but this happened and this, okay, good. But what's the dignified way? Yeah. How do we do that mm. with dignity? Yeah. How yeah. do you have that challenging conversation mm. with dignity? Mm. How do you make the difference? Mm. How, do, how do you do that? So we work on that. Have we mastered it? Not yet, no. but we will. It's coming before I pop off. <laughs> I've already told the staff, I've already told the staff that when I'm gone yeah. and they feel this, like tapping my arm, yeah. it's me because I ain't letting go when I get up there. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be floating around uh, as uh, an the angel dis- of joy. That's it. hundred yeah, years from yeah, now, yeah, I want yeah, this, yeah. this legacy to be hitting, sitting. Before you go, that go that you were talking about there before, three years from now, where will dignified movement be? Where will it be different to where it is today? Three years from now, how will people recognise, oh, wow, that's dignified movement? I hope that in three years' time, one, we'll have the premises that we want. Two, I'd like to think we'd build our hospices and our respite and the things that we want to put in place. And that our education platform has grown to a level where people recognise dignified staff Mm. to have the capacity to do what they're meant to do. What will that education look like? What what are they actually educating? Okay, so I'll I'll use this example. So initially I thought, oh, I'll get an RTO, a registered training organisation, and we can do all the certificates and the whatevers. And then I thought about it. After having lots of conversations with different people and and what's entailed in all of this, and I realised that when I was at school, Mm. I had my bachelor, I had my master's, um, and they were my qualifications, but I've got folders Mm. of participation certificates of all professional development I did over the years, Mm. folders of them, and there was the depth of how I grew. Yeah. And we went, that's what we'll do. Yeah. We'll grow a depth. We'll start with our own staff yeah. and we'll move. But what do we need to do? So we've got difficult clients. Yeah. And we have one client that um, we've been through a lot of staff, but they haven't been given the capacity to deal with someone on that level. Mm. Your certs don't give you that. Mm. The regular qualifications don't give you that. Mm. So we want to give them that. Mm. It's not for everybody. Sure. But it's it's all the different needs in the different capacities. Yeah. How do we do that? Yeah. And I think education is the key. Yeah. So often is. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're in conversations at the moment to grow that. Janet, what a what a remarkable 
podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't even looked at the clock and how long we've gone well, for. Well, we've gone for quite a while. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. Let's finish it off. Yes. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. As you realise, the, um, the podcast is about uh, inner happiness, um, finding a greater capacity to love and therefore finding greater meaning in our lives. And it's just just your your thought. How do you create more sustainable happiness? What do you, if you had one suggestion to anybody listening to this podcast, how do I create more sustainable happiness? You learn to respect and love others, yeah. and dig deep to who they really are. Yeah. Don't take people on face value. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. What is love? Love is not that heart, this heartbeat, throb. throb. Yeah. No, love is, love is just really caring deeply about other people. Yeah, yeah. it's caring deeply about how they feel, what yeah. they can do. Well, my hope is that through this podcast, that people listening to it could, even over the the web or the net or the social media or podcast platforms, they could get to experience that feeling of care for you and your your legacy and what you stand for because we need a, a heck of a lot more, Janet. Sell me, not Sami. Sell me. <laughs> Sell me, yes. <laughs> In the world. Janet, thank can you. I thank you ever so much for being a part of this episode? Oh, it's a privilege. Uh, all thank our you. listeners are, um, are really blessed to have had your story and to learn from it. Thank you, Janet, for being a part of A Journey with, with Bernie. Bernie. <laughs> <laughs> Bye That's for all. now. I do hope you enjoyed today's episode of A Journey with Bernie. Dear people, I loved it. I just love investigating and exploring these learning opportunities that each one of our guests provides. I hope it's the same for you. Of course, you may be after contact and connection details or references to any books that were made during the podcast. Why not go to the podcast notes? All the information is there for you, dear people. Some of you have rung me recently about joining our Nepalese adventures in 2023. Can you imagine it? You and I walking to Everest Base Camp over 14 glorious days or a similar time frame to visit the Gokyo Lakes and seeing the Himalayan vista outlined in front of us. What a beautiful experience for each and every one of us. All you have to do is ring plus six one four one two nine eight two four four four. Have a chat with me and I'll have an information kit to you in no time. And why would you even consider doing this? Well, it's just all about the journey of life. And here yet is another opportunity. Just embrace it, dear people. Love your journey. And always remember...